0: Hello again, and welcome to Crime in Music. I'm your host Brian J. Kinsley, and with me, as always, my friend Ben Roupel. I,
1: I think I should have went and got a beer.
0: We want to try again with beers? No,
1: no we're good. All right, we're oh, good.
0: all right. I was like, we can go. We can always reset for beer. That's totally
1: acceptable. No, I got, I got. I, well, so since we're we're doing this at home, can I just yell at my kids, and tell them bring me a beer? If it works
0: for you, try it out. All
1: right. right, I'm. A- you do that
0: while I say what I always say. Every other Wednesday, this man and I bring you a true crime podcast hey, about people in and around the music business and their misadventures into law breaking. If you like that Eli. sort of thing, crime history, music history, murder mystery and more, share with a friend. Tell your buddies anywhere lot. in the world. That would be great. So uh, tell them to go over to CrimeAndMusic.com and say, I'm hey, like this is a podcast I, I like. I know you like music body. and true crime. I cool think them. you might like it, too. So that would be wonderful. I'm sorry if it sounds weird. I'm talking over Ben making <laughs> his beer orders <laughs> while he's at home. But once again, I am back with Ben Rupel for another Crime and Music Corona cast, to thanks to the run. magic of the internets.
1: I'm sorry, everybody.
0: <laughs> I want him to bring me a beer too. That's the worst part. Is like I was like, you gotta can you ship it through the phone, like virtually? Ah, uh, meatloaf. Mom! Pepsi.
2: <laughs> All right. Pepsi. art!
0: So, hey, we're back again, everybody. I uh, I hope you get it up to the microphone there, buddy, so everyone can hear the pop-top.
1: Um, oh, <laughs> Everyone everyone, say he- hello to my daughter. What do you want, honey? <laughs> you can make some quesadillas in the pan. All right. Well, guess, we had a guest here today, my daughter. That was Wanna fun. I like having guests on the show. Some dang quesadillas in the pan. Go
0: get your case quesadillas. It's actually not too far off from our topic today. So I like how it all, it all fits, guys. It always all fits here at Crime and Music. We're going to have
1: a Mariucci band on here? Mariachi? We'll get there. All right.
0: Who's Steve Malucci? What are you talking about? <laughs> what? There's a doctor on ER. All right. Are you ready? Are you prepped? Are you set? Do you have everything you need? Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> hey, that sounded okay. nice. It's a pop top. Pop your top. Pop top. Pop your top, guys!
1: All right, are we ready for my favorite part? My favorite part? Guess the
0: guest coming in hot with Kevin McLeod and the Hustle Tune. Thank you, Guess the Guest.
1: All right, all right. Start out with the first question, Brian. Do I know this person? Yes, you do. Okay, I like this. All right, you fire away. This is a good one.
0: All right, I feel bad. You got the you got the last one real quick. You're on a roll. I we haven't done your numbers in a while, but you're doing pretty well.
1: I'm awesome. Okay, here we go. Okay.
0: Speaking of awesome, this guy—I tipped it away. This guy is also known as Luke the Drifter. Oh, ooh, the Hillbilly Shakespeare. Nope. Luke the Drifter, the singing kid. The chord.
1: What was that last one?
0: The singing kid.
1: Luke the Drifter, the Hillbilly Kid, the singing kid.
0: No, hillbilly Shakespeare.
1: Billy Shakespeare. Billy Strings. Singing kid no you're close Timbersnake. justin timberlake no that's
0: not close at all <laughs> cold you're very cold very cold mr lovesick blues
1: i'm going with an older artist that may had sung some old country and western
0: he won a special citation for quote his craftsmanship as a songwriter who expressed universal feelings with poignant simplicity and played a pivotal role in transforming country music into a major musical and cultural force in American life. Chris Isaac?
3: <laughs>
0: no!
1: That's I I uh Johnny Johnny Paycheck? We did him already, didn't we?
0: We did Johnny Paycheck already. George yes, Jones? Check out nope, Johnny Paycheck. We did him already. Also. We did George Jones also. Yeah. No, the old country, we'd actually done we'd hit a lot of the, the ones. But this guy is probably. At the top of it all, I mean, he's the king of country music. Garth Brooks. His son is a notorious drunk.
1: Oh, Hank who is Williams. Who's
0: also a king of country music.
1: Senior, yeah. yes,
0: hey,
1: Hank Williams Senior. Well, you said his son's a. What'd you say? His son's a notorious. Notorious drunk. drunk. <laughs> we'll get <laughs> that there, people. F- his son's a notorious drunk. Hank Williams <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. Well, I can't give you the easy one right off the bat,
0: but it is Hank Williams Senior. All right. You have heard of him, I assume. Oh, absolutely. In his Everybody many man has. Songs. Alright, great. Luke the Drifter, the Hillbilly Shakespeare, The Singing Kid, Timbersnake, Mr. Love Sigma.
1: Yeah, Luke the Drifter. I've I've I I feel like I'd heard that before. That's why. That's why I, I said that. Yeah. I think so. Right. I still think I have Born, heard it before.
0: <laughs> you probably have. I mean, we'll see. We'll see just what, what sparks your memory here. Alright, moving my chair. Here we go. September 17th. 1923, born Hiram Hank Williams in Mount Olive, Butler County, Alabama.
1: Hiram? That was his first name? Hiram.
0: Hiram. And we'll get there, believe is, it or not. Can uh, I
1: just ask this? Is, is, that, is that not a Jewish name?
0: It is. Is he Jewish? And again, we'll get there. All right. Let's check out his parents, Alonzo Hubble, or Lon Williams. That's his dad. And then Jesse Lilybell Skipper. Williams, that's his mom. Was his so dad the telescope Lon guy? And Lon and Lily. Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. His no. dad, well, we'll get there. No, you just you just hold on a second here. Um, they're of Welsh, English, and German ancestry. Alonzo worked as an engineer for the railroads of the W.T. Smith Lumber Company.
1: Did he drive the train?
0: Uh, no, I think he was, uh, well, no, it did say engineer. engineer. Yeah, so there you go. Yep, yeah, engineer. Woo-woo. I love that joke cuz I run into a lot of like computer engineers like, i oh, engineer." i was like, "Oh, my grandfather's an engineer." Woo-woo. <laughs> they never they never get it. Alonzo was drafted during World War 1. Um, he served from July 1918 until July 1919. That's his dad, I feel like right? A his Spanish dad. flew in there. Yeah, that's his okay. dad, Lon. Um, he was severely injured after falling off a truck.
1: Yeah? <laughs> That'll do it.
0: Fell off a truck, broke his collarbone, suffered a concussion, big, you know, bust to the head. Was it a turnip truck? So it might have fallen off a turnip All truck right. or a potato truck in the war. 1919. The family's first child, Irene, is born in August of uh, 1922. They have another son. He dies shortly after birth, and their third kid, Hiram, is born.:
1: Oh wow, okay. He's a third kid, one older sister that's alive.: Yes, huh. Irene. Right. And then uh,
0: So uh, since Alonzo was a mason, like a Freemason. And his wife was a member of the Order of the Eastern Star, like the Freemasons Women's Auxiliary. Mm. Uh, their child was named after Hiram the I of Tyre. Uh, he's one of the three founding fathers of the Masons, and according to the Masonic legend, that's, that's what they say. <laughs> according to what they say, that's what they say. That's what they say. <laughs> uh, here's the problem, though. His name was misspelled as Hiram on his birth certificate, so h-i-r-a-m they're missing an i and so they would call him harm by his family as a nickname uh, or herky or poots by his friend oh poots oh and you know which one i chose to continue this episode with. <laughs> it's poots all the way baby Putin from here well not Putin, but pooting so uh he was also born with spina bifida occulta ew that That is a birth defect centered on the spinal column, which gave him lifelong pain, and as we will see, he finds ways to treat his pain sort of self-medicated ways. <laughs> I think,
1: yeah, his son was a drunk.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, Alonzo, Lon, uh, his dad, was frequently relocated by the lumber company and the railway, so they lived in a bunch of different small towns all over Alabama, and in 1930, when Poots was seven years old his dad started suffering from facial paralysis. That's a big Warehouser so... company
1: down there. Big Warehouser com- land. Is that the paper company where? down there? In Alabama. Oh. Facial paralysis? No, the paper. You said The, the, the lumber company, paper company, warehouse. they oh. make paper. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever.
0: I knew you knew about the railroads. I didn't know if you were going to know this one, but yeah. So anyway, 1930, facial paralysis with his dad. They take him to a VA clinic uh, in Pensacola, Florida. And they said, doctors are like, your dad's got a brain aneurysm. And so Alonzo is sent to uh, another VA medical center in Alexandria, Louisiana, to sort of monitor and see if they can do something about the brain aneurysm. He remained hospitalized for eight years, pretty much making him absent throughout all of Poots' childhood. He
1: was in the hospital, like, continuously for eight years? Yep.
0: So from that time on, Lily assumes responsibility for the family. She steps up like you know what i'll i'll do it fine i'll do it and in the fall of 1934 the williams family moves to greenville alabama where lily opens up a boarding house next to the courthouse and so you got some money there with all these people coming in from court and
1: staying at the boarding house that doesn't sound like a good a great group of individuals coming through
0: <laughs> i'll bet you get some stories oh, i <laughs> tell you what as a young kid you're gonna see and hear some weird things Nineteen thirty-five, the family settles in Garland, Alabama. Lily opens a new boarding house. Um, after that, they move to Georgiana, Alabama. The, basically, Lily is moving around house to house, trying to stay because the Great Depression is going on
1: right now. I mean, and she started the get, first like Airbnb,
0: kind of. Yeah, and then she just kept popping up. She also gets jobs working in a cannery. She works as a night shift nurse in some places. I mean, mom's really stepping up here for for young poots.
1: Gotta go. You gotta do what you gotta do.
0: We've heard this story before. Uh, their house burns down, and the family loses everything.
1: Did he burn it down?
0: No, he didn't burn it down. I don't, there was no list of why it burned down. It just burned. and uh, <laughs> They moved to another house on the other side of Rose Street, and his mom turns that place into a boarding house. Uh, You're right. It, she it liked burned. the boarding houses.
1: It yeah. burned. It burned down.
0: Maybe. Maybe it was a different type of house. Maybe a brothel, and somebody didn't like it, so they burned it. I don't know. They don't tell you but uh they had a little garden out back. They're growing crops. Him and his sister Irene sell those things around town. Um US nice Representative
1: Garden. All right.
0: Yeah, exactly. No. And that goes well into this cuz US Representative Jay Lister Hill is campaigning across Alabama. He comes through Georgiana where where Poots and his family is. And Poots goes up to him he's like Mr. Hill, my mom needs to talk to you cuz she's got to collect disability pension from my dad who's been in the hospital for 8 years. So They get help from this local politician guy. They start collecting money, and um, despite all the medical conditions and all the moving around, the family actually manages okay through the Great Depression. You know, they're doing all right. No, they're workers. They're working. They got gardens. Seems like it. Yeah. There are several versions of how Poots gets his first guitar. His mom said she bought it for him, selling peanuts and she took that money and bought him a guitar there's a bunch of people around town who are like i bought him his first guitar because he grows up to be a big country star so everybody wants to take a little credit
1: there so everybody's
0: like if i had a nickel for every time someone said they bought me my first guitar i could have afforded my first guitar
1: did i ever tell you the the bald peanut story (laughs) the bald peanut no so i'm down south i think it it very well may have been alabama georgia alabama mississippi somewhere i might have been georgia And I'm with a sales rep who lives down that way. And he's got that Southern drawl and he, he, he's like, y'all ever had any bald peanuts? I'm like bald peanuts. No, I've never had bald (laughs) peanuts before. No, no, no. You, you never had no bald. You only got bald peanuts up North. And I'm thinking he's screwing with me. So I'm like, no, he goes, oh, they sell these. I know right where to go. We're going to go over here. We're going to pass this place inside the road. It's a little shack and they got the best bald peanuts ever. I'm like, all right, I'm in. I'm. I will. Eat. I'll try anything. Whatever. Let's go. Um. So, and and I can't remember if I tried to have him explain it to me or something. But we go. We stop at this little shack, and we get this this bag. It's a small like like a lunch sack bag in a plastic clear plastic bag, and it's all kind of tied up, you know. And he, and it's warm and it's really warm and moist, and we Ew. open it up. And it's a bag of peanuts, but he wasn't saying bald. He was saying boiled, boil. boiled, boiled oh. peanuts. They boil these peanuts in salt water. They don't roast them. It's maybe the step you do before you roast the peanut. They're they're mushy, squishy peanuts. So kind of, you know, you just, the shells kind of just disintegrate off. Them. They're, they're okay. I mean, whatever. <laughs> that was my bald peanut story.
0: That's a good one with the accents. Those can be tricky. Ball yeah. peanuts. Ball peanuts. I don't peanuts. want a crab ball. I don't want a crawfish ball. I just, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. And, uh, back to George Jones.
0: Okay. Uh, no, it's uh, Hank Williams Sr., by the way. Ah, right. And so uh, he's living in Georgiana, Alabama. And he, as a little kid here, Poots meets local street performer Rufus t Payne. I love that name. Yeah, we'll, well, give me one second there, and I'll tell you where it comes from. Uh, Rufus was an early 20th century African-American blues musician from Greenville, Alabama, and he okay. was more widely known by his nickname, T-Tot. tot is a pun for teetotaler, and, uh, it is said that he got his nickname because he usually carried a homemade mixture of alcohol
1: and tea wherever he went. <laughs> I wouldn't say that that was a teetotaler, but I well, guess it's a pun. Tea, whatever, you know, yeah. T-Tot. So
0: T-Tot gives Poots guitar lessons. Yeah, these, it's like reading a Dr. Seuss book. Right. <laughs> so we got t tot he gives poots guitar lessons in exchange for meals provided by poots's mom uh, or money he'll take either and so they met rufus meets poots when he's eight years old legend has it that he would come around poots would uh to play his guitar and uh t tot would show him improvised chords chord progressions and bass turns you know like musical style stuff i don't and, know any of that i don't i'm sorry well I, right i mean that's the next part of learning the guitar I know, right? those things so a lot of this stuff Poots takes on to the future songwriting, and this is one of those times where you got the young white kids exposed to blues and African American influences that he fuses with hillbilly and folk, and like he makes that unique style of both black and white audiences back then are they're like I like it and I like it too, and so you know it's very successful with it.
1: Yeah, he had a lot of, he, he did have, if you think about, I was thinking about some of his old songs, and they do f- fuse a lot of stuff together, even like Creole and, you know, stuff, blues, and country, Western. Oh, he's in
0: the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. So, we'll get there. Let me tell you, it's, yeah, this dude, uh, later on, Poots would go on to record one of the songs that um, Rufus taught him. It's called, My Bucket's Got a Hole in It.
1: My Bucket's Got a Hole in It.
0: My Bucket's Got a Hole in It.
1: It's not much so. of a bucket at that point.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, Poot's musical style contained influences from Rufus Payne, along with several other country influences, the singing brakeman Jimmy Rogers, Moon Mullican and Roy Acuff.
1: All people we've never heard of because well, they're Jimmy Rogers. a billion years old. I mean, Jimmy Rogers was
0: uh, one of those Grand old Opry guys, and Roy Akiff is also considered the king of country
1: music. So, A lot of kings back then, huh?
0: Well, the kingdom was small. So July 1937, um, the Williamses and the McNeil family opened a boarding house in Perry Street in downtown Montgomery, Alabama. And at that point, Poots decides to change his name from Hiram to Hank.
1: It's like, a little bit more. Yeah, It's easier to spell out on the chat. We're in right? the
0: big city of Montgomery, Alabama. Let's go with Hank. Now, he said the name change was supposedly because of uh, cats yowling. He says there's an old cat. Walking up and down the, the fence, yallowing, it would just go. Yeah. And so That's a pretty he good thought
1: that impersonation,
0: Brian. Thank you. I was really, I was actually impressed myself. Uh, he thought the cat was calling him, so he changed his name to Hank. So, because, quote, Hank simply sounded more like a hillbilly and Western star name than Hiram.
1: <laughs> Didn't want to sound Hiram. like a cat, a, a cat breeding sound. <laughs>
0: 1937, he participates in a talent show at the Empire Theater. At what year? 1937.
1: And how, about how old is he here? Oh, God.
0: Uh, Teens? Twenties? Probably. I don't know. You got me on the when, when did I say he was born? <laughs> ah,
1: 1919? No, that's too early. Was it? Jeez,
0: now i got to scroll back. Good thing these are on the uh, 1923. Okay. So 37. He's 15?
1: Yeah, okay. All right. I just want to get a frame of reference for the uh, audience there. And when he did his big, kind of his debut for music, talent show.
0: Oh, well, no, that's nice. You're right. Okay, 1937, age 15, he participates in a talent show at the Empire Theater. He wins first prize. Yeah, good,
1: yeah. 15 bucks. That's big money.
0: (laughs) It is. Uh, He sang an original song, WPA Blues. That stands for the Work Progress Administration. That was part of the New Deal. Um, They were out, and they made a blues song about it. Um, He wrote lyrics and used the tune of Riley Puckett's Dissatisfied. Now, Riley Puckett, was an American country music pioneer, best known for uh, being a member of the Gid Tanner and the Skillet Lickers. The Gid, the what? The, get the Gid, t- Gid Tanner. Yeah, the Gid Tanner as of one group. And then the Skillet Lickers were another group. I like that name. The Skillet Lickers were yeah. an all time band from Georgia.
1: Yeah. there <laughs> you go. Let's bring them back.
0: So basically, Poots puts all that stuff together and goes and wins the talent show, sort of borrowing from all these guys' styles.
1: You Skillet Licker.
0: He never learned to read music, and for the rest of his career, he based his compositions on storytelling and personal experience.
1: What's that have to do with reading music? I mean, you don't have to read. I get it, but. <laughs> I don't know how to drive, so I'm just going to focus on mowing the yard. I don't know. That, that's right. a terrible. <laughs> Unrelated. All right, continue. Unrelated.
0: After school and on weekends, he sang and played his silver tone guitar on sidewalks in front of WSFA radio station in Montgomery, Alabama.
1: Okay, another radio station guy. A lot of those guys did this, some stuff at radio stations, didn't they?
2: Yeah,
0: they really did. Um, he with his recent win at the talent show and the street performances, people started noticing him. So one of the radio producers uh, invited him inside the station to perform live on the air. Okay. So many listeners contacted the radio station. Asking for more of the singing kid. Remember the, that was one the of the The singing his,
1: kid, yeah, because he was only he was only in his teens at this point still.
0: Yep. They're like, "Wow, well, I like him. Let's you got more of that singing kid. So many listeners called in. The producers uh, hired him to host his own fifteen minute show twice a week for a weekly salary of fifteen bucks.
1: Another fifteen bucks is fifteen bucks, eh?
0: Equivalent in US dollars today, two hundred and sixty six dollars and eighty cents. How much? two sixty six eighty.
1: For fifteen minutes
0: twice that's, a week that's good pay 30 minutes that's, that's a good job now i would take that august 1938 uh alonzo his dad is temporarily released from the hospital he shows up unannounced to the family's house in alabama there in montgomery him and lily kind of have a discussion she's not willing to step down as head of the family and because he's like i'm back to reclaim my spot at head of the table and she's like hell nah you ain't been here so
1: <laughs> wait for what what for what's that worth it it sounds like a title really
0: ceremonial title like a king or something uh so he stays long enough to celebrate poots's birthday that september and then he goes to the medical center back in louisiana and from that point on um poots's mom would be like your dad's dead (laughs) no he's not no he's dead i just saw him nope died just go with it son he's dead so he's got this radio show, right? Poots is playing guitar on the radio, and this is what helps get him sort of formally into the music business. Um, he earns enough money to start his own band because you got a job, and now you can start a band. That's how it goes. He calls them the Drifting Cowboys.
1: The Drifting Cowboys.
0: Yeah, the name comes from Poots's love of Western films, and uh, they're the band like wears cowboy hats and boots and the whole getup.
1: Yeah, that was always his luck.
0: Well, I think he liked it, yeah. Yeah. You know, the singing kid with sort of bo- bolo ties and whatnot, <laughs> frills and fringe and stuff. So him and his band travel all around southern Alabama, performing in clubs and private gatherings. October 1939, Poots officially drops out of high school so he can work full-time with the Driftin' Cowboys. And, and
1: I don't think schooling was that big of a deal in the South back at that time, or anywhere,
0: really. <laughs> Well, especially not if you plan on being a musician, I or, really don't think.
1: And he's making money.
0: He's making more money than he probably would if he'd stay in school, yeah. Yeah. So now that he's free from the school burden, uh, him and the Drifting Cowboys, they travel as far away as Western Georgia, and then they hit the Florida Panhandle circuit. They're up in the Panhandle, that Panhandle
1: mentality. Now, uh, just for anyone that maybe is not from around here. the <laughs> not geographic around here, are you? the geographic territory that Brian speaks of isn't that big. It's it's not that, you know, to go from Georgia to, to Alabama to the Florida Panhandle, that's just a couple hour trip in a car. It's not even that big of a deal. You can just kind of get in the car, go down there, do a show, probably drive back in the same day and not really experience that big of, it's not like you're getting jet lag going from Georgia down to the Florida Panhandle. That's not a, you can – yeah, that's – so when they're talking about going this far, they're not really talking about going that freaking far.
0: No, and, like, North Florida is more Southern than South Florida sort of thing. So it's all kind of the same grouping of people and culture on that Florida area. North Florida is what?
1: More South than –
0: Haven't you heard that one? Like, the people in North Florida are more Southern than the people in South Florida? Oh, you know what yes. I mean? Like, cultural act, mentality type yes, of their things? their culture
1: is more, like, Southern. Where South that, Florida is more like – Cuban, well, right, well, right, right, <laughs> all right. Pop top, and pop your top there, Pop top. All right, pull the curtain back. But that whole entire little speech I gave, where Brian didn't interrupt me for a while, was because he left to go get a beer. I can You'll see him on Zoom immediately. He just doesn't even say anything.
0: Well, you were doing such a good soliloquy. I'm like, um,
1: uh, he's got it. I can he's go get a it. beer. Relax. Just let a diarrhea of the mouth for a little while. I'm gonna grab a Miller Light. What do you, right. what you got no, a beer you I'm, got?
0: I've actually got a Lingarino with a bicycle on it. It's a Mexican lager with some lime in it. I love these. They're cheap. They taste good. It's from Griffin Claw.
1: Hey, good just uh, that Griffin Claw. It's not Claw. a White Claw. I that, said Griffin Claw, not White Claw. Yeah, Griffin Claw is a real good brewery here in the state of Michigan. <laughs> um, yes. You know what they're doing now? They're making... A hand sanitizer. Gallons upon gallons upon barrels of hand sanitizer. They are selling some of it, but they are giving it away for free. To all oh. the local municipalities, the sheriff's office, the firefighters, the police office, the, the city, you know, first, you know, line, the first yep. responders, anybody that drives a ambulance, they're giving it away ambulance. for free. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty good people. I mean, they're making some good publicity off it. Um, so hopefully, you know, when everything gets back to close to normal, people will be like, that Griffin Claw, I, I like that place. They got great food, too. That's a good a place clap. to go.
0: We're gonna give a little clap to griffin claw yeah, thank definitely. you griffin claw yeah. and everybody all the breweries out there making uh doing what they can people making masks and all that stuff it's oh uh, shoot
1: yeah you got put it i, I know of griffin Claws is doing hand sanitizer Koonin's is doing hand sanitizer blake's uh cider um is doing hand sanitizer what's one the up, lab
0: doing there's one up north there's a brewery called uh, the lake Ann brewery are they doing anything
1: Oh, they're making beer and selling it. <laughs> no, he, well, you got to have a still. You still have to have... You can't just brew beer and, and make it into hands. You got to be able to get to 80, basically 80%, which is 160 proof. Which is very, very uh, strong alcohol.
0: I think uh, stills are still... Um, stills are still... <coughs> I'm dying. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think stills are... Uh, Like, still federally regulated. Like, that's a federal crime. Like, you can't get a brewery license. You can get a brewery license, but you can't get a a distillery license as easily, I don't think.
1: It's a different license.
0: Because,
1: like, stuff explodes and things. You can't, I don't think, legally distill your own product at home. Like, you can homebrew in Michigan. Right, Um, right, right. right. And that's why you see, you know, all those folks down there in, like, the the Appalachian Mountains making moonshine. Because that's illegal. I'm very complicated, but.
0: That's where my family's from, and that's why I have my own bald peanut story, which I'm not going to share with you, but it has to do with getting hard. And so, <laughs> yes. getting hard. My uncle was looking for a job. We'll leave that for the next episode. Um, speaking of jobs, Poots and the band start playing in movie theaters before the movie starts. They were like the, the opening act for the movie, and then uh, they later started playing in Honky Tonks which we've covered extensively.
1: We've been watching old Bugs Bunnies here at the house during the quarantine. Nice. And uh, that's where a lot of the old Bugs Bunnies used to be made for like up getting everybody seated for a movie theater to throw a cartoon or two on. <laughs> yeah. Those so are, that's what he was. Cartoons, he was basically man. the Bugs Bunny of his day.
0: Yep. When he wasn't, when he was making, she's like, no, the train's not actually going to hit you. Just stay in your seats and listen. We're going to play some songs. <laughs> so, the problem though is because uh, he's out jamming in the band, right? And he's, now he's got that sort of band lifestyle. He starts drinking. And uh, that starts becoming a problem during some of the tours.
1: Spends a large, too drunk? Yeah, that <laughs> could be a problem.
0: Well, he's spending a lot of money on on alcohol too. Like spending a large part of the band's money on alcohol. Not just his, but like the band's money. Really? That much? Yep. So, and between tours, he would even come home to Montgomery, Alabama to keep hosting his radio show. So, he's still got that money coming in.
1: That's so, a lot yeah. of alcohol. I mean, I guess. He's I'm just, drinking a lot. Alcohol well, got the is spine one of the best things you can do to get sideways. I mean, it's cheaper than crack. It's,
0: <laughs> I suppose so. Eh, I true. don't know.
1: Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know.
0: Well, bigger problems. I have bought a lot of crack lately.
1: <laughs> I don't know what the market well, value with the, is.
0: Right? You got to stay home. It's hard to meet these people nowadays. <laughs>
1: That's what we got Amazon for. All right, continue.
0: 1941, big problems. What happens in 1941?
1: War is declared.
0: Correct. America enters into World War II. Good job. Uh, This would mark the beginning of hard times for the world and hard times for old poots. But he's granted a 4F deferment from the draft. What's that mean? 4F is registrant, not acceptable for military service. Must have been found, not qualified. Uh, for the armed forces, in some established physical, uh, like at a recruiting office or something. So
1: yeah, okay. He he was naturally not fit for the draft. Like there the was spine some of physical things thing.
0: you're not gonna. Yeah, you can't be hauling rucksacks and all that stuff.
1: Right. I didn't so. know if the four F was. There were some people that were. I guess he wasn't really a celebrity, quote unquote, yet. But there were some people that they deemed that they could use as as a as, as way to make war bonds and raise money right. and go around right, the country. Right, right, right. We, we can Promotions. take Elvis and put him out on TV and have a better um, push for the war effort than having him in a trench somewhere shooting an M-16 at an open field. Well, right. Well, now, also, just a backstory. rumor has it that at the age
0: of seven, Poots ran away from home, and he went to Mexico, and he got drunk and entered a rodeo, and then he fell off a bull and hurt his back and so
1: well he had spina bifida uh, <laughs> that's
0: what i'm saying but i'm just saying the rumor of how why he old? got turned out when he was seven he had a injury to his back which you know which is
1: of uh, the rumors that it, it happened in mexico when he was seven he ran away to mexico yeah he was in texas
0: living in texas he ran away to mexico got drunk entered a rodeo at seven that's what it said that's why it said legend rumor has it
1: i'm i'm gonna choose to believe that's 100 percent true <laughs>
0: It's in the opening, like four pages of his book about the, uh, him and the Williams family and their issue with celebrity. So it talks a lot about him and his son uh, Hank Jr. Poots Jr. So anyway, um, he did not get drafted, but a lot of his band members, as, for example, all of his band members, got drafted to serve in the army, so or in the military. OK? A lot of the replacement musicians that he got refused to play in the band, though, because of the alcoholism and spending all the money that we make on alcohol. So.
1: Yeah, they weren't getting paid
0: very well, I don't think. Uh, no. I don't. Hey, what are we getting paid for this gig here, Poots? He's like, yeah, they paid us $10. And it's like and, $100. seven
1: bottles of rum.
0: Right. The rum is purely decorative, though, so don't drink that.
1: It's medicinal. My back hurts. It's quiet.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. It would be <laughs> it's medicinal. <laughs> All right. So uh he's got issues with that, but he keeps showing up for his radio show. Uh, and the problem is there, he shows up to the radio show now, super drunk. So, August nineteen forty two, WSFA radio station fires him for habitual drunkenness.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you getting called out back then. It must have been a real right. problem.
0: So he's able to find some gigs here and there during one of his gigs Poots meets his idol grand old opry star Roy Akiff
1: That's his I know, idol I don't
0: know who that is but that's yeah that's like the biggest guy around that's Johnny Cash before there was Johnny Cash Okay Roy Akiff We got a quote from Roy on, on what he told Poots that day when they met he said quote You got a million dollar talent son but a 10 cent brain
1: I know a go, lot boy. of people like that I'm <laughs> <laughs> just saying
0: it's a, it's a way to be, right? So, all right. Poots works the rest of his uh, wartime at a shipbuilding company in Mobile, Alabama. After that, after work. Shipbuilding?
1: Ship. Oh, ship.
0: Ship okay. ship your pants. You can ship your pants, Ben. Um, so he works as a shipbuilding company, and then after work, he sings at local bars for soldiers, you know, and doing, doing the thing. Um, let's see here. 1943 rolls around. Poots and Audrey Shepard... They meet at a medicine show in Banks, Alabama. What's a medicine show? I was hoping you would explain that, but it's where they get like Native American dancers and it's like Wild Bill's Wild West show kind of thing. They would have teepees and people would come out and dance and with the headdresses and like. Sort of kind of like an Annie Oakley sort of okay, thing. It was like, Tri- uh, trick horseback riding, stuff like that. All right. Okay. All right. he's. A, they would have, you know, bands playing and stuff like that.
1: I can picture that. Yeah, because that's what Wild Bill's thing was, basically. Exactly. Taking remnants of the frontier and bringing them to the East Coast. Well, yeah. So people
0: because, like, you hear about stuff back then, and there wasn't as much video as there is now. So you'd be like, what are you talking about? What's a, a buffalo? What do you, who's, what? Yeah. You so, had
1: all those books that were getting written, and right. they were getting shit back of, like, the exploits of the wild, wild west. Yeah. Okay. Right. Medicine show.
0: Check. Now we got sort of that the New Deal stuff all kicked in. The highway system is getting there and people could drive a lot further. So they're experiencing different culture. The
1: so. exploitation of Native Americans.
0: There you go. So this is where Poots meets this girl, Audrey. And basically they work and live together now in Mobile, Alabama. And Audrey tells him that she wants him to move back to Montgomery, start a band, and she's going to help him get back on the radio.
1: She's, She's now his, his personal handler. <laughs> that,
0: that's, yes, the person that everyone needs in every show, someone to handle your traffic tickets and your court dates. He has one now. She volunteered for free.
1: And to meter the booze out at a normal, re- regulated rate.
0: I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> the couple are married in 1944 at a Texaco station in Andalusia, Alabama.
1: Oh, romantic. By a justice of the peace. You want, here, and uh, here's a map a hot dog, (laughs) and some scratch-offs.
0: To make it more romantic, shortly after their wedding, the marriage was declared illegal because Audrey's divorce from her previous husband hadn't complied with the legal requirement of a 60-day trial reconciliation. Harlot. You can't marry this guy. You've got to go back to the last guy and try and make it work for two months. And if it doesn't work out, then you can marry this guy.
1: I think that other guy's going to have a real problem with this current (laughs) dude.
0: I think there might be a conflict there. Well, I got to wait for 60 days until she comes back and see if they made it work. And the only not, way then... I can
1: marry you is to try to make it good with my last husband. I'll be <laughs> right
0: back. I don't, that's not, that did not line up. But, all right. 1945. After moving back to Montgomery, uh, Poots starts to perform again on WSFA radio. He gets his job back. Uh, so Audrey was right. Um, he writes songs weekly to perform during the show. That really builds up his repertoire. So, He's writing songs you,
1: weekly. Okay, so that's a lot of right. songs.
0: Now you got a bunch of songs. What are you going to do? He publishes a songbook called Original Songs of Hank Williams.
1: Okay, like, a, like just like a, a book so people could play the songs too?
0: No, the book only listed lyrics. Since the main purpose was to attract more like, audiences and stuff to the crowds, they wanted you to be able to sing along with their songs. They didn't put the chords in there. That, and possibly he didn't want to spend the money to pay for transcribing the notes.
1: Well, he didn't know. Yeah, he don't know. <laughs>
3: well,
0: never that's true. how to read music. Uh, I've never learned how to read music. I honestly did not put that fact together. You're right. Of course he didn't put the notes in. Doesn't know how to read music. So, there you go. But he's got a book out. September 14th, 1946, uh, Poots auditions for Nashville's Grand Old
1: Opry. Here okay, we go, the Ryman.
0: Big time. At the Ryman, he gets rejected.
1: Oh, he did? Uh,
0: Fail. Next, the big X comes up on the screen. Simon Cowell's like, I heard you, but I really don't think you're country enough country for me.
3: <laughs>
0: right. So, uh, Him and his wife, Audrey, they find this dude, Fred Rose. Now, Fred Rose is the president of uh, the company, like the radio station, basically.
1: Okay, he's the, he's the president of a radio station.
0: Of a radio station, right, right. Now, what happens is Fred, he plays a lot of ping pong. And so they got a ping pong table at the radio station and, uh, he's in there just playing ping pong one of these days. And, uh, Audrey comes up and she's like, Hey, um, sorry, uh, Mr. Rose, can my husband sing you a song real quick and just, you know, see if you like it, see if you can do something for him. And he's like, I'm in the middle of a ping pong match, madam, (laughs) but but fine. They had ping
1: pong back then?
0: (laughs) Apparently. 46. Ping pong was big.
1: Hey, you ever, you ever, um, burn a ping pong ball? Uh, no. Everyone, this is like, <laughs> I'm work. serious. Oh, don't have a lot of ping pong balls around when you do this. It's got to be a legit ping pong ball. None, none of these vinyl things that the kids New, play with the, the beer package. pong. It's got to right. be one of those like cellu- cellulite, cellulose ping pong. You burn that thing. It goes it like, it, 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 it goes right up. <laughs> They're made of flash paper, I hear. It's basically flash paper compressed <laughs> in ball form. I see. Well, that's not a bad plan. Yeah, so don't, yeah, burn, go burn them. See what happens. Burn them, burn
0: them, Bo burn them. Um, Now.
1: All right, so they interrupt the ping pong game. Ping pong
0: master's like, sing me your song, singing kid. Fine. And uh, he Can sings him a song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's, it's my serve. Can we do this now? Um, dude, he likes him. He likes what he hears. He's like, this guy's good. So um, he signs him right then and there to contract. He's like, "This is perfect. Six song contract. Here you go." So, December 11, forty six, Poots records his first
1: song in his first recording session, called "Wealth Won't Save Your Soul." You know, this guy sandbagged to right at the right moment in time, <laughs> to Late bloomers, to, baby, to start to to start to come out. And because you got to think, it's hard to sell a lot of stuff during wartime because so much was focused right toward the war. Yeah, the war effort. But you're coming out of the end of it, and all of a sudden, you got some new, fresh voice. He's yep. singing fun. You know, he's singing, he's singing heartful, soulful songs in a bunch of different mix of genres. All the boys come back from overseas. He's ready, he's ready to explode.
0: You are correct. <clears throat> um, he records, let's see, his other songs that come out are Calling You and... Never Again Will I knock, at your do- knock on Your Door. And then this other one called When God Comes and Gathers His Jewels. Okay. That was a misprint. They misprinted it as When God Comes and Fathers His Jewels. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you have that album, it's a misprint and it's worth a lot of money. I don't have it.
1: My dad might. Oh, eh? top my The dad
0: song... This. The song Honky Tonkin, Honky Tonkin becomes successful and earns Poots the attentions of MGM record. Honky
3: Tonkin, Honky Tonkin.
0: 1947, Poots signs with MGM records. He releases, Move it on over, slide it on over, move it on over. Some considered it an early example of rock and roll. That song becomes a massive country hit. 1948, he moves to Shreveport, Louisiana, joins the Louisiana Hayride. You remember that show? Nope. That's the one that Elvis was on. It's like the oh, kind yeah. of dirty raw version of the Grand Old Opry.
1: Yeah, it was the uh, the edgy Grand Old Opry.
0: Exactly. So uh, Poots moves over there and he signs with those dudes. Um, that radio broadcast throws him right into the living rooms all over the southeast every weekend. So then he gets on a show again. He's on the radio on KH on KWKH. I don't know what that is. Koha, uh,
1: Radio. <laughs>
0: Quahog Radio. With that success, he starts touring across Western Louisiana, Eastern Texas. He always comes back on Saturdays for the the hayride broadcast though.
1: Again, so. his tour area is not that big of a geographic area. No, you're right. Eastern Texas, Western Georgia. It's like it's like it's like a road trip. For an afternoon
0: we're gonna take a break right now because when we come back we got some treats here for you tasty ya. treats so uh tasty treats this is a sad song i'm gonna leave you with a sad song from my high school band 21 well, they're all a
1: little sad <laughs> <laughs> it, it's sad now anyways. <laughs> that's mean <laughs>
0: And we're back.
1: I hate that. You know I hate it. That's why you do it. <laughs> that and burping into the mic. I got to have
0: my buttons. No, again, I really don't want to come back like, hey, everybody. You're just like, ah, just like right in your face. I want a nice, because the music's going to be sort of quiet and flowy well, in this one. So
1: It sounds like you're 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 coming back from break for a podcast called
0: Book Talk. <laughs> we talked about a book. He wrote a book. I mean, it kind of works. He wrote a car. Uh, well, you can ride in a car.
1: He rode it. He rode Remember. a bull, apparently fell off.
0: He did when he was younger, and will do it again when he's older.
1: <laughs> Gotta got get back on that bull.
0: <laughs> bull. Alright, well, uh, he doesn't get back on a bull, but he does he get back on the music train. He has a couple more hits. In 1949, he releases his version of the 1922 Cliff Friend and Irving Mills song, Lovesick Blues. That was made popular by a guy named Rex Griffin poots's version becomes a huge country hit the song stays at number one on the billboard charts for four months can you stand for uh, us it crosses no but we got special treats i can play it for you it's and old you enough can play it. it's old enough i can play it for you and you can play it too so i'm gonna send it to you real quick here yeah whenever you're ready all right in three two one go
1: lovesick blues yeah i've heard this song before
0: yeah yeah most people have and that's why i introduced you today is ben because it's that yodel Ah, callback that yodel
1: yeah got a yodel (laughs) george yeah this song has been in movies it's been used on TV shows. It's been in the in the public eye ever since. He in this version, the Hank. Oh version.
0: yeah, it's cop. Well, this isn't Hank. I will just leave it at that. I got this from uh, one of my buddies. is a PhD in music from U of M. So I was like, I need copyright free music, and he's like, Tell me the song. And so, so this is what he came back with. You know what? It this reminds me of,
1: and I and I know it's not this song. But remember the movie The Three Amigos when they're all like singing, like trotting on their horses, coming through the – the desert with cactuses the three Amigos yes. movie they like have, they play like songs like this that's, that's what, oh absolutely yeah yeah old western stuff
0: well this the thing that gets me is that this is the number one song for four months i mean like <laughs> this was the height of popularity at the time and now we look at it like black and white movie footage this, and stuff like that
1: this was the ice ice baby of its time <laughs> It, that's that's crazy.
0: It is because it's all edgy and like however you want to however you want to describe it as cutting edge. So, well, we're gonna let that play in the background. But uh, this song helps Poots cross over to mainstream audiences and gets him a spot on the Grand Old Opry.
1: Finally, he broke he broke the Grand Old Opry barrier. Well, they couldn't he help it. He broke He broke the the ryman. <laughs> nice. He broke shot. into that ryman. <laughs> Boom. Uh, June 11,
0: 1949. (laughs) Poots makes his debut at the Grand Old Opry Ryman Auditorium, where he becomes the first performer ever to receive six, six encores. They're like, no, come back, woo! Like, he already played his set, brought him back six times.
1: Six times.
0: Dude, I mean, I've been to a bunch of fish shows. You don't get six encores even there. I mean, solid four or five, but six? You kidding me?
1: I've never been. Have you really been to fish shows? Oh, yeah. I have not.
0: have been to fish shows. I got lucky enough. I went to a dead show before some people started dying. So Did you yeah, see Jerry?
1: Did. You did not see I Jerry. I
0: did. I did see Jerry. Absolutely. Pine yeah. Knob. Really? I was there with uh, yep, with a couple of uh, the dudes from the band and, you know, all those dudes, those will all be beeped. Jesus. Making more work for myself. Ah, that, don't beep them. No nope. uh, Bruce Hornsby in the range opened up for him right and so or at least Bruce Hornsby and so everyone's out there going Bruce Bruce and I'm like why is everyone booing this is awesome and they're looking at me like they're saying Bruce you moron it's like
1: when Lou Whitaker got to the plate <laughs>
0: Lou like they booing that guy no his name is Lou it's awesome it's like a Chet Lemon that's just a whole different you're like Lemon
1: it uh, all all right. right. Old tigers. Get,
0: get. June. Spe- <laughs> speaking it's of old days, got, June 11th. That's all
1: we got. Uh,
0: no. Uh, uh, did I tell you he's making like a thousand dollars per show back in 1949?
1: Well, that was th- th- that day's money. That's a lot of money then.
0: Uh $10,745.50 in 2020 cash. That's so he's making lot, that's a, lot of booze a show. money. That's
1: a lot of booze money. That's a lot of booze money. It is.
0: And what goes good with drinking? Audrey gives birth to Rachel Hank Williams. Or, I'm sorry, Randall Hank Williams. Oh, Hank okay. Williams Jr.,
1: a.k.a. Hank. So, yeah, Randall.
0: I didn't know his first name was Randall Hank Williams.
1: Yeah, it's in a, it's in a song or two that he says. Huh, there you go.
0: Uh, Poots releases seven hit songs following lovesick blues, including Wedding Bells, Mind Your Own Business, You're Gonna Change or I'm Gonna Leave, and My Bucket's Got a Hole in It.
1: The good old Bucket's got a hole in a song.
0: I almost know how it goes, too, without just going, my Bucket's got a hole in it. You know, like Probably,
1: yeah. That's, that's probably close, anyways. Uh, a guy in backup 19- just going, Bucket's got a hole in it.
0: Bucket's got a hole in
1: it. Bucket's got a hole Bucket's
0: got a hole. Hey, we could be backup singers. Uh, 1950, Poots begins recording as Luke the Drifter for his religious-themed recordings. He had religious-themed recordings? Yep. Anything you find is Luke the Drifter is kind of more religious themed, uh, many of which are recitations rather than singing. He plays music and just sort of recites Bible verses. Um, he was afraid disc jockeys and like jukebox operators, there's a job, uh, <laughs> they wouldn't like want to use those recordings of like Hank Williams. And so to make sure he didn't like hurt the markability of Hank Williams' name, he came up with Luke the Drifter for his like sort of Christian rock band
1: name. It's basically what Leonard Greenbaum did with Spirit in the Sky. He's like, let's sing about uh, God a little bit. That seems to be pretty popular. Let's make some money. And next thing you know, it's the only song that poor band's got that ever <laughs> made it into like current pop culture.
0: I don't want people to know it was me. So I'll go a different name. Like, yeah, hey, that's the greatest song we've ever heard. <laughs> Damn it. Should have used my own name. Uh, my note was, that's the original Chris Gaines. Who? Uh,.
1: Garth Brooks, remember when he was Chris Gaines? No, <laughs> oh god. I'm right. I'm sorry. I can I still to this day <laughs> can't believe Garth Brooks made a comeback.
0: Oh, he's huge now too. I, That's the he's funniest. Beyond part huge, right? He's so huge. There's stories of him like being a lizard person and abducting people and stuff like that. Like I, crazy wild stuff. I don't.
1: I I, I, I He entertained me back. What, what was he famous like fifty years ago? And then all of a sudden Probably. he just he's like, uh, "Hey, uh, I think I'm gonna be a big star again. Anybody got a problem with that?" All right. I'm what gonna
0: is name a name a Hank Williams song? Because I'm stuck on "Achy Breaky Heart" and that's not it. No, that's
1: not it. Um, that's Miley Cyrus's dad. Well, oh, now you ask me to name them and I can't even think of one in my right? head. Thanks. Doug. That's where I'm at. All right, you start right, talking well, and I'll just start rattling them off as I think about
0: them. I'm gonna name some songs too because around this time, Poots had a <clears> bunch more hits like "My Son Calls Another Man Daddy." Uh, they'll never take. Her, they'll never take her love from me. Why shouldn't we try anymore? Wow, he's sad. Uh, nobody's lonesome for me. Long gone lonesome blues. Why don't you love me? Moaning blues. Well, he's self-aware, and uh, I just don't like this kind of living. Those are all names of songs. <laughs> Those are all of his songs from like 1949. Just blasting out hits, and they're then, just then, like night-
1: <laughs> they're like four word, names to all these songs. Oh yeah right?
0: 1951 he releases a song called Dear John uh, It becomes a hit but the flip side's got this song Cold Cold Heart and that becomes one of his most sorry Michelle, recognized songs ever I know uh, I can Hank think of it as had a song about heart. setting
1: a trout trow- line Country Boy Can Survive Oh, alright, I was
0: like are you serious about setting a trout line? Yeah, like, yeah Now you're just reading books, you know like you got one of those voices where you could read the phone book and people pay for it
1: that's us, Brian.
0: We got Alan <laughs> It's just Anderson. called Wikipedia. Uh, of, don't
1: give away the secrets. <laughs> People ain't really paying for it either. Oh, they pay for Quickly moving it. on. <laughs> you're, oh, you're paying for it.
0: Quickly moving on. Summer of 1951. Poot's career reaches its peak with his uh, Hatticall tour with the U.S. Uh, and Bob Hope. Hadacall is a patent medicine marketed as a vitamin supplement, quote unquote. Its principal attraction, however, was that it contains 12% alcohol. Listed as a preservative on the bottle.
1: All so, my rowdy friends have settled down. <laughs> right? That's yeah, a Hank yeah. Williams Jr. song. The, it's, and well, yeah, the hangovers Hank don't. <laughs> they hurt more than they used to. Uh-huh. The had a, had a call hangovers. All right, continue. I'll keep sprinkling some All junior right, songs in as I think I, of them.
0: That's, that's fine. Um. I was thinking of Hank Williams Jr. songs, too, now. I'm like, I don't have any. Uh, On the weekend after the tour ended, Poots is photographed backstage at the Grand Ole Opry, signing a motion picture deal with MGM Studios. So now he's
1: going into the movies. Oh, wow. Okay.
0: He's also got television. He appears on the Perry Como show, him and Perry Como saying, Hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How about cooking something up with me? You
1: trying to flag down another beer? No, my kids are oh. cooking, and I'm worried that they're going to burn the house down. Playing with fire, you're hey, going to burn the house we're down. We're going to have some distractions during the COVID times here. We've all been in the house for a long time.
0: The Corona casts are slightly different, but I hope you guys can, can see that we're trying. 1951, Poots is trying too. He writes a really cool song called Ramblin' Man.
1: Yeah, that's, I think Hank did that too. Hank Jr. did that, didn't he? Cause I'm a ramble,
0: rambling man. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I'm a gambling, Hank Williams and the Silver man. Bullet Band. In November, in Franklin, Tennessee, while on a hunting trip with his fiddle player Jerry Rivers, Little Mereseon, uh, Poots takes a spill. He falls down real hard, and that sort of reactivates all the old back pains, and he starts taking painkillers, including morphine, and he increases his alcohol to ease the pain.
1: So. I told you how we're watching the Bugs Bunnies, right? We're also watching the Scooby Doo's.
0: Oh, nice! You saw Jerry Reed? Yeah, that's it. I'm stuck in this room. If I start singing, they'll come and find me. (laughs) Little Mary sunlight.
1: she's all right. That was from the. uh, That one was from the uh, series they did where they had like a a a celebrity come on, and Mama Cass, Jerry Reed, Don Knotts. We we haven't got Uh, the the Three Stooges, the Globetrotters, the Globetrotters. Yeah, we'll get there. (laughs) We haven't, we haven't... I know
0: you. You're Curly from the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, yeah, what, are nah, 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 what are you doing here? Ah. There's some freaky things going on in that amusement park. <laughs> like, you know, and, like the Three Stooges would come up. Hey, you knuckleheads, what are you doing up here? It's like, we're just trying to camp in the woods, and all of a sudden there's a crazy log ghost who won't leave us alone. Yeah, <laughs> And you're just like, what the hell crossover is this? That's... They did Evan Costello. I mean, they're all there.
1: Well, I told you that there are... So, it's the Boomerang Network. I think we've talked about this before. On the Boomerang Network, they, have, they are still doing crossovers with the WWE and Jetsons. Like, current crossovers. That <laughs> doesn't make any
0: sense to me. I know,
1: right? John Cena in cartoon form and this boy, Elroy. <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched them. I don't know that I will. Can you
0: stop this crazy thing? What the Rock is on like what the Jane! rock the rock was a very
1: bad boy very bad <laughs> that's the maid the robot maid ah gotcha <laughs> Rosie right, continue May 21st
0: 1951 Poots is admitted to North Louisiana sanitarium for treatment for
1: his alcoholism in a sanitarium okay he leaves three days later he well, that was easy <laughs> it's quick study nailed it Got it.
0: December 13th, 1951. He has spinal fusion at Vanderbilt University Hospital. He is released on Christmas Eve. So hopefully that takes care of some of the aches and pains from when he fell with his fiddle player and uh, when he like fell off the bowl and all that. You know, Vanderbilt's a good university. They probably had a good hospital.
1: Yeah, they fused your spine together. He walks around like a robot. Like Michael Keaton's Batman.
0: 1952. Boots has a brief extramarital affair with a dancer, Bobby Jett she sounds hot <laughs> right that's as far as i left it i didn't even look i'm like yep that chick's hot like dark hair like uh, raven black or something hair and just all anyway they have a baby together jet williams born january 6 1953
1: oh took the dad's last name huh
0: yeah well why wouldn't you that's where the money's at. <laughs> right she's actually like, come back around later i mean not in the podcast but she is currently trying to be uh Singer of note or something, an artist of some type right now. So Hey Sawbones, I'm just children. carrying
1: on that. <laughs> family, family tradition. tradition. <laughs> there you go. Nice. June
0: 1952. Uh Poots records jambalaya on by you. And then another song called Window Shopping and Setting the Woods on Fire. Not to make you think of your kids burning down your house right now. Dude, if also, you could
1: smell this house, it smells like something's burning in my kitchen.
0: Can you Did you smile- guys pick up la 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 the fire alarm? What Ben's kids are cooking?
1: It's it's a burned quesadilla. I, oh, nice! Burned tortilla is the worst. They're peeling it apart. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're just. I just see this black quesadilla,
0: dude. When I do tortillas, I've got like a like an old cast iron crepe pan. Well, and so I'll put a little bit of oil on it, and I try it so it doesn't
1: stick. But well, sometimes it sticks and burns. I'm worried they're using my good cast iron pan, so I'm a little mother hen over here. Like, Oh, yeah. No. Just, yeah.
0: Make sure you don't
1: wreck my, my cast, cast iron pan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't want
0: to say that. I didn't want to put that and get you more distracted, but Ooh, here we got are.
1: seasoning on it.
0: All right. Here so we go. It takes a while, man. Get them Lodge. Uh Okay. He also puts out one last song in 1952 called I'll Never Get Out of This World Alive.
1: Yeah, that was a big one, too.
0: Foreshadowing. Uh, That same year, Poots and Audrey get a divorce. The next day, he hits the studio and records You Win Again and I Won't Be Home No More.
1: Huh. Sing about (laughs) (laughs) what you know, I guess, huh? (laughs) Uh,
0: At this time, his physical appearance diminishes, too. Uh, His hair begins falling out. He puts on like an extra 30 pounds. So it's kind of like a, a stay-in-place COVID thing.
1: Sounds like an um, Elvis story.
0: <laughs> in late 1951, he suffers from a minor heart attack while visiting his sister in Florida. August 11, 1952, Poots is dismissed from the Grand Old Opry for habitual drunkenness and missing shows. He,
1: he sounds like he liked to, you know, knock back the old man's medicine a little bit.
0: He's, he's a tippler. let me tell you. He returns to Shreveport, Louisiana, though, to perform on the radio. He, he's on two different radio station shows and the Louisiana Hayride. So he's still got the, – they don't give a shit, man. The Hayride's like, whatever, come sing when you want to. <laughs> whatever, I bro. I some booze get. here. Come
1: on, we'll sing. We'll get drunk. We'll sing.
0: I just have this, like, public access image in my head. We're like, yeah, we're just going to be here on Saturday and turn the cameras on. If you want to do something, that's cool. I mean, it, we're here.
1: It's like that UHF movie with Weird Al. <laughs>
0: drink from the fire hose. who wants to play find the
1: marble <laughs> you um, so perform- stupid <laughs> wheel of fish
0: uh his performances much like that show were amazing when he was sober and so even with the best efforts of his crew his band and his friend poots finds a way to drink though he's always slipping it in here pulling flasks out of his boot just Constant drinking sort of takes away the performances. He even starts missing shows again. August 17th, 1952, Poots is arrested in Alexander City, Alabama at the Russell Hotel for public drunkenness and disorderly conduct. So
1: he hasn't gotten in a ton of trouble with the law. He's done some bad things, but... And he's also, it sounds like the only thing he really gets into much of is the booze.
0: Yeah, he's just a boozer, really. I mean, that's kind of the sad story of that we got a quote from chief winfred patterson who was the arresting officer that day Winfred, (laughs) Winfred, mr patterson said uh, officer patterson chief patterson said quote more or less he's having the dts the delirium tremors he was running up and down the halls yelling someone was whipping old ladies and uh, he was gonna stop him
1: well if that was true he should stop him (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, there's a famous photo. They call it the naked photo of Hank Williams Sr. He's not naked. He's just like not wearing a shirt, and uh, that's pretty much from that night. Poots's buddy posts a twenty-five dollar bond, pays a ten dollar fine, and Poots is released.
1: Wow, he's out thirty-five bucks. Right, it's a lot of <laughs> booze money.
0: Uh, that right, <clears throat> you could you could have bought a couple of cases of beer for that. September twenty third, nineteen fifty two. During his last recording session, he records l i g a, K-A-W-L-I-G-A. It's an old Native American word, and it's actually a place that he used to go to when he went fishing and hunting and stuff. Uh, it's kind of by the place where he got arrested here, uh, up there in Louisiana. Anyway, he records call uh, You're cheating heart. You're cheating heart. Oh,
1: we got both uh, kinds.
0: Uh, take these chains from my heart, and I could never be ashamed of you records those songs in September of 52. The end of 1952, um, he starts
1: having heart problems. Sounds like he's been having Uh, heart problems for a while, though, now.
0: Well, yeah, but specifically at the end of 52, he starts having heart problems. He meets this guy, Horace, we call him Toby Marshall, in Oklahoma City. Um, This dude's like, I'm a doctor. Now, previously, Horace has been convicted of forgery, and he's been paroled and released from the state of Oklahoma, Uh, but uh, he's like, I'm a doctor. And he said that he was a doctor of science, whatever that
1: Scientologist. Means.
0: Well, maybe. And uh, get, get those, not telomeres, those are real things, whatever, whatever Scientologists measure to make sure that you get the, the Scientology gene. Uh, he purchased his DSC title for $25 from Chicago School of Applied Science and the diploma he specifically requested that it be spelled out, quote, as doctor of science and psychology. Chlamidians. Uh, Yes, midichlorians. Under the name Dr. (laughs) Dr. C.W. Lemon, he prescribes poots with amphetamines, Seconal, which is for insomnia, chlorohydrate, which is a sedative, and hypnotic pharmaceutical drugs and morphine, all of which made his heart problems worse.
1: (laughs) Sounds like he's quite a doctor.
0: (laughs) He paid enough for it. He should be. December nineteenth. Michael Jackson's doctor, by the
1: way. I can't remember.
0: Sidebar. Oh, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to talk about Michael no, Jackson's No, I think doctor. that was the same
1: doctor Michael Jackson had.
0: Yeah, I think it would have been. Doctor to the same qualifications. I went to medical school in the Bahamas, which is great. December 1952. Um, there's a concert being held at the Skyline Club in Austin, Texas. Uh, basically, this is the final concert you will hear Hank Williams Sr. Wednesday, December 31st, 1952. Uh, Poots is scheduled to perform in Charleston, West Virginia, at the Municipal Auditorium. Advanced ticket sales totaled $3,500, which is $35,000 now. But because of an ice storm that day in Nashville, he couldn't get on a plane. So what do you do if you can't fly? You drive. You drive. He hires a college student named Charles Carr. Funny enough. The guy driving him, him his, is his last it,
1: name's Carr? Name is Carr. That's like so, an ice cream uh, guy with the last name of Cone. <laughs>
0: I can't even. All right. Mr. Bookman. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, I sell books. Charles and, uh, well, it gets even better because, right? So now Charles called the Charleston Auditorium from Knoxville <laughs> to say that him and uh, Poots aren't going to arrive on time because of the ice storm. So Charles calls Charleston, says that him and his car <laughs> can't take the car to the car.
1: <laughs> it's starting to sound like a Dr. Seuss book. I, so what I they got say stuck then. In West, well, you, you said this was in West Virginia. They're trying to get to
0: well they're no they're stuck in nashville yeah they're trying to get to knoxville to let me see here west virginia you are correct he's scheduled to perform in charleston west virginia
1: yeah they got they got like mountains and stuff there i got oh yeah i got stuck in a terrible terrible blizzard that got national uh coverage because people were stranded on the expressway and stranded at uh uh, like rest areas and stuff with families, and oh Lord. It was, a, Seriously? It was yeah, it was a terrible blizzard. We were leaving out of Charleston, going, going south, which was going up into the mountains, to uh, I can't remember Burke, Beckley, Beckley, West Virginia. And I remember I pulled off the expressway. I mean, we just it went from raining to the worst snow I've ever seen, falling as fast as it can fall. No exits to turn around at on this little turnpike get to Beckley, pull off, below the stoplight because nobody's down the roads because if I stopped, I was going to be stuck on the ramp, (laughs) pulled into the Holiday Inn. We won't stop. Pulled into the Holiday Inn. Immediately, the vehicle I was driving gets stuck in the parking lot, like not in a parking spot. Walk into the (laughs) Holiday Inn and we're like, do you still have our reservations? And the lady's like, you got the last two rooms. Here you go. I'm like thanks. They
0: were full in a storm like that. You'd figure well, they'd be like everybody nope, nobody's got stranded. been stranded for hours.
1: Everybody was stranded in that town. <laughs> Sorry,
0: Michelle. The local grocery cr-
1: stores, um, rough. I remember we're sitting and eating, Ruff. and this dude comes over and he goes, "Yeah, the uh, whatever the piggly wiggly over there, the grocery store just collapsed." I'm like serious? Like yeah. Oh, wow. Dude. The national guard had come in and like get people out of it. This is West Virginia? Oh, yeah, 100%. Beckley, West Virginia. I
0: I don't give them credit for having that much snow.
1: Well, I mean, it it, it, it came and went in, like, you know, less than a week. But, yeah, just a storm came in, dropped a shit ton of snow on top of the mountain, and left. Wow. All right, continue.
3: Wait, you
0: got Charleston calling Charleston to get the car car down uh, from Knoxville up to West Virginia, and because of the ice storm, they can't do it, so... Everybody on the tour guys are like, you know what? Take them to Canton, Ohio for the New Year's Day show. See if you can get there instead of Knoxville. So they arrive in Knoxville. What? At uh, yeah, exactly right at Andrew Johnson Hotel. Uh, there
1: is that a competitor Charles of the Howard Johnson. The <laughs> Andrew, it's his little brother. <laughs>
0: There, Charles gets a doctor for poots. He's like, this guy's really starting to feel a combination of that chloral hydrate and the alcohol we had on the drive. So we might want to want to check him out. So Doctor Ph Cardwell injects him with two shots of vitamin B twelve, which each contained a quarter grain of morphine. (laughs) Of course, that's to kick it into gear
1: quick. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's like, how do
0: you? How do you get to a town in an ice storm and then find that doctor? Like, You know what I mean? You're like, come on.
1: I got just the thing, a hypodermic needle.
0: They're just people who know people everywhere you go, right? All right, Charles and Poots check into the hotel. The bellboys actually carry Poots to the car, or from the car, right? And so he's coughing and hiccuping. It's Happy New Year! It's midnight on Thursday, January 1st, 1953. So... They're driving from Knoxville to uh, Ohio, right? They arrive in Bristol, Virginia. So this trip is not going at all the way they planned.
1: Huh. They need a they, map. They just
0: keep getting shut down. <laughs> well, they keep getting shut down, right? They're like, no, I don't go there. No, I don't go there. So uh, Charles, car in the car car, which is Cadillac, uh, stops at a small all-night diner restaurant and asks Poots. He's like, man, you hungry? And uh, Poots says he doesn't want anything. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. And um, those are believed to be his last words. Ooh. So Charles drives on until he stops at a gas station in Oak Hill, West Virginia. <laughs> and that's where he realizes Poots is dead. Just rigor mortis is set in. The fill in station owner calls the chief of police, and the police find uh, empty beer cans and some unfinished handwritten lyrics and a dead guy,
1: formerly known as Hank Williams Sr. So that was in 53? Yep. So he, d- he, hit, he hit the stage kind of you said in 41. Right. He didn't have a, I mean, he played a lot of music before 41, but that's when he started to really get a stride. The roadshows. Yeah, he didn't have. Yeah, yeah. Live <laughs> no, hard, nope, leave a good looking not. corpse, I guess.
0: That's the man. So Dr. Ivan Malenin performs the autopsy. He finds hemorrhages in the heart and neck and pronounces the cause of death as, quote, insufficiency of the right ventricle of the heart.
1: He had a heart. He, his now, heart, It went bad. It's a bad heart.
0: Probably exploded. It either stopped or it went the other way. Yeah, it was too much or not enough. Mm. So that evening, the announcer at the Canton show announces that Poots has died. The crowd starts laughing, thinking that it's like one of the, oh, he's just drunk again and stuff like that. So um, people in the show, Hawkshaw Hawkins and other performers started singing, I saw the light. They're doing that like as a tribute. And then the crowd is like, oh, shit, he's. Actually, dead. You, you mentioned he is dead. They started singing along. So, the doctor also wrote a note that Poots had been severely beaten and kicked in the groin recently.
1: Really? It's
0: what it said in the doctor's note.
1: Apparently, when they carried him in and out of the car, that bellboy might have dropped him on like a fire hydrant <laughs> or something.
0: Here, just prop him on the fence real quick. Just one leg over, another leg over.
1: <laughs> Not in the middle. Ah. Oh. Another bull riding accident. So,
0: uh, local met, maybe it was a long term bull riding accident. You might be right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Local magistrate Virgil Lyons orders an inquest into Poots' death because he's concerned about there's a giant welt that's visible on his head, too. So what the hell happened in that car ride, car?
1: Did Carr beat him up?
0: I don't think so. I think he was just, you know, like, if you lose consciousness and you're, I don't know, six feet tall, there's some equation. Like, you hit the ground at, like, 30 miles an hour. So, like, your head does. He just... So if drunk, he was sitting there and leaning right and he just bum. wobbled or if it was like the car is sliding on the snow and he just whipped his head into the window and the side or something like a pillar or whatever in the car. I don't know. But uh, Friday, January 2nd, 1953, I do know his body is transported to Montgomery, Alabama, placed in a silver coffin. Second place, not gold, not gaudy. Um, <laughs> shown at his mother's boarding house for a couple of days and the actual funeral takes place on Sunday, January 4th at the Montgomery Auditorium has got flowers covering the stage. An estimated 15,000 to 25,000 people pass by his coffin.
1: Wow. Wow. His mom was still alive then, huh? Yep. Okay. Looks like it. All right. The auditorium's got
0: 2,750 mourners in it. His funeral is said to be the larger than any other funeral of any other citizen of Alabama and the largest event ever held in Montgomery, Alabama history. And Poots's remains are interred at Oakwood Annex in Montgomery, Alabama. Huh. Okay.
1: That's I guess Alabama's not that big of a state population-wise, so that is a lot uh, of people. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. A lot of
0: people, man. His yeah. final single was released back in November of '52 when he was still alive, and that was the one I told you before. is called "I'll Never Get Out of This World Alive."
1: Well, none of us will.
0: <laughs> Way to call it. Yeah. <laughs> Late January 1953, "Your Cheatin' Heart" is released. The song reaches number one on the country charts, stays there for six weeks. Um, it was the title song for the 1964 biographical film of the same name, *Your Cheatin' Heart*, which stars George Hamilton.
1: George Hamilton. Okay, I can't, I'm having a tough time picturing him. Actor.
0: The actor kind of looks like a baseball glove. Famous for being tan.
1: <laughs> kind of looks guy. like a baseball glove.
0: Oh, dude, he is so fake tan. Like he's bronzed up, dude. Like Jersey Shore plus. Like, Snooky plus Jay-Wow plus Pauly D. Like, he is plus super Donald bronzer. Trump. Cool. You would know. Yeah, uh, well, that's kind of more Agent Orange, but I'm with you. <laughs> April 1953, uh, Take These Chains from My Heart is released. It goes to number one on the country charts. I Won't Be Home No More is released in July. It hits number three. Weary Blues from Waitin', written by Ray Price, but sung by Hank Williams Sr. by Poots here. It goes to number seven. Poots is widely recognized as the king of country music. We're going to get into some fun uh, awards here. Alabama governor officially proclaimed September 21st, Hank Williams Day, not Hank Williams Jr. Um, Poots, has, uh, no, Poots has 11 number one country hits. He has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He's inducted to the Country Music Hall of Fame. He, <laughs> the National Organization of CB Truck Drivers voted your cheating heart is their favorite record of all time.
1: <laughs> See, there's an organization of CB truck drivers.
0: Yes, there are. Uh, Only people who deliver CBs and their trucks are allowed to join. He's inducted to the Alabama Music Hall of Fame. He's inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame under the early influence category. He's ranked second in country music television's 40 Greatest Men of Country Music, only behind Johnny Cash. Rolling Stone ranks him number 47 on the list of 100 Greatest Artists of All Time lovesick blues is inducted into the recording academy grammy hall of fame he is voted most popular country western performer of all time and to top it all off this freaking guy april 12th 2010 the pulitzer prize board awards poots a posthumous special citation It pays tribute to, quote, craftsmanship as a songwriter who expressed universal feelings with poignant simplicity and played a pivotal role in transforming country music into a major musical and cultural force in American life. That was one of the hints at the beginning. He won a Pulitzer Prize and he's friggin' dead.
1: Yeah, well, I guess they finally got around to reading his lyrics, huh?
0: (laughs) And as we do, we end the show with a quote from Hank Williams Sr. himself, quote, there ain't nobody I'd rather have alongside me in a fight than my mama with a broken bottle in her hand. Hank Williams, Sr., everybody! Woo! Woo!
1: All right. That's well, how'd th- you like that I, That's a big name. I like, the, I like them big names. I hear, hear a few things I kind of knew or didn't know. I, I, it's kind of it sheds a little bit more light into him. Didn't... Right. He wasn't the, you know, the, the notorious uh, crime syndicate killing everybody, running drugs, prostitution. <laughs> no, he no, got into no, no, his no. fair share of uh, altercation with the with right. the law. But, yeah, I mean, I wonder t- two things. If he, let's say, didn't have his addiction to the booze, would he had ever been famous? I mean, was that a driving force in his life to make some of the songs that he had? Or would he had done even better, even bigger, gone even longer? You know, it kind of makes you think. Is it the... It's the chicken and the egg.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he seemed to have half of it, but just the other half, I, I don't know, wasn't there, you know?
1: Yeah, and also, if you do have that, that blazing flash coming through and you're doing great for, you know, those first five, ten years, um, and then you die, your legacy is left at its pinnacle, at its peak, at its best. Unlike some other artists that do, they blaze through, and then next thing you know, they're doing home improvement shows on A&E, you know? (laughs) Rob Van Winkle style.
0: Oh, I thought you were making fun of uh, Daryl Hall or whatever it is, like Hanging with Hall or something like that. No, I I was making fun fun of Vanilla
1: Ice. I mean, he had Vanilla Ice, a big, huge song, and then next thing you know, he's... He's stealing a generator from the house across the street from his fixer-upper <laughs> he's going. I forgot about that. <laughs> you are correct. So, you know, die die young and leave a good-looking corpse.
0: Well, nice. All right. I With wonder those how, words? I,
1: I wonder how I wonder how old his son was because I bet you could do a, an entire another episode on Hank Williams Jr.
0: Oh, no, that's coming. That's down the pipe here in some of our Hank Williams senior uh knowledge
1: because honestly yeah. that's that's probably the hank williams that i've heard more songs from i've you know oh, we yeah. played some of their his stuff on the geek the, the get fiddle and had, oh absolutely you know, had a I've, good time drinking and singing along to that stuff when he come on at i tomorrow. got a
0: hank williams song or two you know in, in my repertoire of, of songs and covers. that's the thing that's why i can't play half the songs i've ever played because they're all covers and so. and i had gone
1: but, i have gone to his concerts before at the pine knobs yeah
0: oh nice yeah so, yeah
1: yeah, it's yeah, We'll we'll get we'll
0: get there. We will. We'll get there. All right. All right. Speaking of getting there, I got another more bit of feedback here for you. Feedback. I can't hear it. I'm the only it. one who can hear it. Don't you love it? I can't hear heard. it. I
1: love it. All right. There you go. All
0: right. Uh, with the feedback, we've got one from. Um, do you remember Ike Turner? Icky Renrut.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ike.
0: All right, we got one on our YouTube on our Ike Turner um, thing from Blue Sugar 58 says, Ike released a few singles under the anagram Icky Renrut because he was still under contract with Sun Records and he didn't want to cause friction with Sam Phillips. And also, he tells us Ike and Tina were married in 1962, two years after A Fool in Love was released. Ike uh, was married many times. Ike says 14 times he was married. Um, But but he had his faults, but he had good attributes too. He took care of. a lot of people and a lot of musicians, yep, a lot of musicians become successful. So that's a thumbs up here and a like for Blues Sugar 58. And then we got one on Giuseppe Tartini, the devil is my dream guy, from Examer Tracks, sub to me, says, You're so nice, you're so friendly. Can we be friends? Absolutely we can be friends. New friends. I love friends all the day long. So, friends, it is everybody. If you want to leave some feedback, hit us up everywhere you get your podcasts. If they let you leave reviews, go to Apple iTunes and leave a review for us on the podcast thing. That would be great. We haven't done that in a while. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all crime and music. Go to crimeandmusic.com and leave a speak pipe. We haven't played a speak pipe in a long time. So, well, we haven't because usually you and I bug people at like social gatherings to leave speak pipes right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> haven't seen people in a while. So, this is what we do.
1: Hey, and, and I do want a, a shout out to any of our uh, folks that leave nice, fun, dumb, funny, interesting comments out there. Oh, uh, it's was, the best. Who was, uh, who was the guy that left the Ike Turner comment? What was his name?
3: Uh,
0: sugar, sugar sugar, Shack Blue something, something 58. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, thank you. That was cool. Now, that sounds like somebody that knows something about that. It ain't hard to know more about a subject than we know. I mean, it's not like we're deep in the streets of Ike Turner. But it's good to hear that side of it, too. You know, he helped a lot of people. He was out there creating celebrities, creating musicians, getting people their, their shot at the big stage. I mean, we know That's about his, his terrible stuff, um, but 14 marriages? Seriously? <laughs> Why
0: would you want to do that Dude. more than once? <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of a sadist is this guy.
0: I mean, yeah, I'm like, I'm not saying anything bad. I don't wish any ill will. But I mean, like, you're you're not doing this again, right? If somehow your marriage is an option for you.
1: I mean, maybe after the, like the third one, you're just like, maybe, maybe I'm Whatever. not the Marion type. Right. Like, they've already got
0: all my money. I signed away all my royalties. Yeah, sure. We're married. Whatever. All right. Well, there you go. All right, everybody. Since uh, we're talking about multiple marriages, that's my cue to hit the music and get the hex out of here for another day. If you have any suggestions, I will tell you right now. We did uh, this Hank Williams Senior because someone said, "Do more country artists." So I did. Um, if you have suggestions, like I said, go to all those places and leave them. And like the song says, "Never trust a big butt and a smile." Yeah, 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 yo.
1: don't trust 14 of them.
2: Joe Dolan and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all in package with access to every article tool and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer.